Morning, everybody. So, I've been listening to these uh, in my truck so that I could uh, put little titles with them and scripture references and so on. And uh, I discovered that they're insanely quiet. So, uh, I'd have my Bluetooth turned all the way up. I'd have my truck stereo turned all the way up. And if you get out on the interstate, you can't hear it at all. So, if I blow you out, I apologize. I'm going to try and get a little closer to the microphone. You know, when you're singing, they say that you should, like, stick it, like, in your mouth. So... So people can hear you because some people are afraid of the microphone. So here we are, Sunday morning, a day that today just seemed like one of those days it'd be great to spend in your pajamas with a book. It's pretty much what I did yesterday. I don't believe I ever got out of my pajamas and shark uh, slippers. But uh, um, yes, I do have big puffy shark slippers. They're awesome. So makes for a really good Saturday. So, Jesus, we just praise you this morning. God, we, we thank you for your word. God, we're, we're glad to be here. God, glad to be where the, the saints are gathered. God, glad to be uh, in your presence, God, hidden uh, in that secret place of the Most High. God, sheltered under the shadow of your wings, God. God, what better place could we be? God, we look around us and we, we see the... Uh, the reasons why we would want to be hidden away in you with our, our trust in you, Lord Jesus. And we just we glorify you. We praise you this morning. We just pray that you would just touch this word, God, that you would put it inside of us and plant it God, and bring forth that increase just as you promised that you would. And God, give us hearts to receive it, Lord, and to, uh, to hear what it is that you're saying to us, God, and to really receive that that you're speaking this word to us. God, it's not to our neighbor. It's not to our brothers and sisters, God. It's to us. And God, we just we want to receive it as such from your hand. God, we pray it in your name. Amen and amen. Let's go to Psalm seventy one. You know, um, unless you've been living under a rock uh, you know that people in our nation are in a panic. And uh, like Ron said Wednesday, apparently the cure for the coronavirus is toilet paper because everyone's stocking up on it. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's it, but it's funny how pervasive that fear is, that panic is. Uh, I... Honestly, I had not paid that much attention to it. I saw it was in the headlines all the time and, and all that stuff. And, and I know we've been talking about it around here. Um, and it's funny because I was at the gym the other day. And uh, they had this map. It was like confirmed cases of coronavirus by state and how many there were and you know, color-coded and all that stuff. And, uh, and I was looking at it and... There are all these little teeny tiny numbers for, on, on every state, and there are some states with no numbers at all. And I was looking at it, and I felt this like stab of fear, like just this irrational, this is a really big problem. And, uh, but I recognized right away that, like that, but God's 
way bigger than all that. And and the the fear and the panic that people are experiencing is far worse than this disease is. And so, um, uh, anyway, um, I I suppose that makes a good segue into what I want to talk about here. Um, you know, if you have the uh, same kind of Bible I do, then uh, your heading on this chapter is going to be something like "Prayer of an Old Man," which uh, immediately, of course, took my fancy. And uh, there are some days I feel older than others. So usually Saturday morning I feel pretty old. Sunday evening I feel pretty old. I, they've got that little like face app thing where you can take pictures of yourself or other people and you can make them really old and, and give them a beard and, or whatever. And I took a picture of myself in that and uh, gave myself kind of a big scraggly gray beard and wrinkles everywhere. And, and I, I sent it out to a bunch of people and I was like, this is me on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> but, uh, no. You know, um, uh, but I like this. The uh, I, you know, and I'm not sure exactly where they get that context of this being a prayer of an old man. But the thing about being uh, old or seasoned, as some people like to, you know, that they're a seasoned citizen. Uh, I mean, I'm seasoned. I'm pretty salty, but. Um, uh, um, the thing about being older is that you have a lot more life experience and you have a lot more wisdom that way. I mean, we sometimes we uh, and and it's funny how we all grow up with this, uh, you know, hearing from our elders that you know wisdom comes with with age and stuff like that, and that that you know actually the adults do know what they're talking about and all that stuff, um, and. You know, gosh, by the time I was in middle school, I was convinced that uh, uh, that my parents were as backwards as they came. And surely they know nothing of how the world works. And I've had discussions with my own 12-year-old. And he's like, yeah, you just don't understand, Dad. That would never work now. It's like, life isn't like that now. And it's like, uh-huh. Okay. Yep, you bet. And uh, <laughs> so... You know, by the time I was, I don't know, 20-ish, it's, it began to occur to me that my parents actually knew what they were talking about. Um, you know, once I got out on my own and I had, like, adult problems, uh, you know, it's like I had, like, I had to pay rent and I had, uh, you know, I had a, a dependent and I had a bill to pay, yo. And it's like, uh, I, and I would need to do stuff, and it's like I discovered, wow, my parents actually knew what they were talking about all along. How about that? And, uh, and then, of course, you look back on your youth like, like wow, well, don't I feel dumb now? And, uh, you know, the awesome thing is, is uh, I think we keep experiencing that in our life in one way or another because... Um, you know, now I'm 40, and I look back at myself in my 20s, and I think, yeesh, what a doofus. 
you know. And I don't know. I think back and it's like I don't know how anybody stayed in my life during my twenties. I was awfully intolerable. But um, the the great thing about uh, getting older, and I, I, it's obviously I'm not old, so I just feel like it some days. But the the great thing about Aging is that we gain that sense of wisdom and, and life experience. And the, the great thing about that is you have then this catalog of God coming through for you over and over and over and over again. One of the disadvantages that we have when we're young is um, we don't have that same sense of God, God can do this because I've seen him do it like a thousand times before. Uh, I mean, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was uh, in high school. Kind of had that reckless youth thing going. I was like, you know, it's like I was ready to sit in the passenger seat and let God drive my car. You know, it's like we're we're good to go here. He's he's got this all under control. And then you kind of enter real life because if you think high school is real life, then you are obviously still there. And um, uh, and um, you know, when you're in high school, it feels like this is the pinnacle of my life and and uh, nothing will ever be more important in my life than everything that's important in my life right now. And the things that matter now are going to matter when I'm 50. And they totally don't. They don't matter when you're 19 and you're out of school. I remember the first time I was like at a gas station and somebody called me sir. It's like... And I was still pretty young. I was like, sir, huh? In high school, I got called a lot of things, but it wasn't sir. And so <laughs> lots of unpleasant things that I, uh, are not uh, uh, not safe for the pulpit. But, uh, um, uh, but then, so as, as the years went on, I got to have all of these great experiences of God having to take care of things that I couldn't take care of. And so God knows how <clears throat> to put you in experiences where you couldn't fix it no matter what you wanted to do, no matter what you tried, no matter what you thought. You just you wished you could fix it, but it's not fixable by any means that you have. And it forces you to trust him. And that's a great place to be. It's a super uncomfortable place to be for your flesh because your flesh is probably a lot like mine likes everything neat and tidy in a box, and uh, I like everything nice and ordered, everything, a place for everything, everything in its place. I tease my kids, like, I don't disturb the ambiance at Grandpa's house. I like everything tidy. And uh, with uh, Cynthia on crutches, I have been uh, um, doing the, the vast majority of the housework and, and the cooking and the keeping up on the kitchen and stuff. And... Um, uh, I like it all like super neat, super tidy, and so um, I, uh, you know, if when Cindy wasn't on crutches, I was like, eh, we'll get to it. But it's like, well, now I'm going to have to do it if it's going to get done. So um, might as well scrub it up and make it look good. But uh, so anyway, we we go through these things in life where. We, we would like things to change, and they don't. Um, and, uh, and God tests your faith and your patience. 
by giving you a promise, just like he did with Abraham. Gave him this promise, you're going to have a son. And then it didn't happen. And then it didn't happen. And then it didn't happen. And I'm sure, like, week after week after month after month went by, and Abraham just thought, man, like, God, is this ever... I, I, I know you said this is going to happen. When is this ever going to happen? Uh, when I was uh, a teenager, I worked for Kevin for the, the first summer that I was out of high school for a cool six bucks an hour, which was, you know, was uh, rolling fat back in the 90s. And uh, um, we we had this kind of hilarious sort of uh, work schedule. It was like show up sometime around... Eight o'clock kind of depended on when when uh, when uh, Jeff got out of the shower and finished his oatmeal and decided he was ready to go to work and um, you know we had like this take, take this like hour and a half break and go sit somewhere at like a sit down restaurant for lunch and then uh, tie it up at three thirty and go home. It was really kind of pitiful um, but then we would have these days where we, okay, we need to get this thing done. And so Kevin would let us know, hey, we're going home when we get this thing done. And I just checked out. It's like, oh, sweet, we're going to be done early with this thing. So I would just check out, kind of really stop trying, just sort of piddle along. And I'll be darned if we didn't end up there late half the time because I wasn't pushing anymore. I wasn't really putting any effort forth anymore. And so he learned to not tell us those things. So, uh, uh, so my my point is is that uh, God gives us a promise, and uh, and sometimes we we just kind of we we get wearied waiting for it to happen, and we just kind of sometimes we want to just sit down and give up. And uh, um, but God knows how to how to get us successfully to to where we're going. But here in Psalm 71, um, it says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust, and let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness, and cause me to escape, and incline thine ear to me, and save me. Be thou my strong rock, my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. You have given commandment to save me. You are my rock and my fortress. You can tell I started reading my, my little notes that I had scribbled in there instead of what it actually says. Um, so, uh, I like the marginal reading of this. It says, be thou to me for a rock of habitation. You know, in Proverbs, he says that, uh, you know, the conies, the bunnies, the rabbits, they're a feeble folk, but they make their houses in the clefts of the rocks. So, they they pick themselves a place that's safe and 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 strong far more uh, you know if you remember the old tale of the, the the three little pigs it's like you know living in the, in the stone would be a lot better than having like a little little lean to made of sticks and uh, certainly going to be better at keeping out um, anything that would be a threat so so this word habitation. Uh, uh, really could be translated rock. So it's like, be to me a rock, whereunto I may continually resort. 
And I like that because uh, we have this sense in life, kind of a knee-jerk response, I think, to going through things that are unpleasant, that uh, that it's going to be a one-and-done type of thing. We have this idea that we're going to go through some difficult experience, and then having come through that particular experience, it's never, ever going to happen ever again. I love how you're all laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, I've got victory over this thing. It's never, ever going to bother me ever again. And there it is. And uh, But when, you, when you've come through something and God has really brought you to a place of, of victory over a particular thing, yeah, it's still going to come after you, but it doesn't have the same effect on you. And, and it just kind of uh, becomes, it honestly, just kind of turns into a minor annoyance. I, I lived for years with this voice just constantly uh, tearing down my sense of being okay in the eyes of God. And, that, that, uh, and I just I could not shake it. It was just always there. It's like, God's not happy with you. It's like, you did this wrong and blah, blah, blah. And everybody knows that you're a big, you know, terrible piece of garbage. And, and uh, they would call you out on it, but they're righteous enough that they know that that would be too fun and they're not going to do that. And, uh, and it's, it's silly. But eventually, I came to this place of having victory over that voice. But do you think that it went away? It totally did not. And, and those, those thoughts still come. But now, instead of being this thing that keeps me up at night and keeps me reaching for the Pepto-Bismol, it's something that's like a minor annoyance. It, it's like it's like that, that old cartoon with like the big bulldog and the little yappy dog that would like run around him in circles. It's kind of like that. It's like you just want to smack it. It's like, shut up, go away. And uh, and I know that's just God that does that in our life, but but He He really does bring us to a place like that. And and when you're facing something in your life that you just uh, are really wrestling with, it doesn't feel like you could ever be at that place. But but you you can and you will, because God will bring you to that place. But I like how He says. Uh, he says to to the Lord, "Let you be my strong." rock where until I may continually resort. Uh, continually is a great word there. Um, uh, some of the other words that you could put here that I really like that kind of uh, uh, just sort of reinforce that sense of what it's saying here. Perpetually. Always. Constantly. I like perpetually. It's like, it's like a Newton's cradle. It's like this perpetual motion that just keeps going and keeps going. And and so sometimes we feel like we get into a spot where it's like, oh, I need to go take shelter in, in the Lord. And then once the storm passes by, um, we we suddenly don't feel this need to be sheltered anymore. We don't feel this. Uh, and that's fine. But um, we don't want to move our habitation from there. It's like. It's like, well, I'm going to go, it's like if you had like a, a lake house, you know, or, or like a house on the beach in the south or something. It's like, well, I'm going to go down south for the winter because it's cold. It's like, well, no, don't move there. It's like, go visit. 
you know, go visit and enjoy the the great stuff. But it's like, you know, don't don't leave this habitation of of the rock. So he says, "Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress." So he's given commandment to save you. So we we feel like God is going to leave us hanging. You know, we, we feel like we're going to get out there on a limb and and get left there. And yet, he's uh, David is saying here, or I assume it's David, he says that you've given commandment to save me. And then he says, you are my rock and my fortress. Uh, the Youngs uses the word bulwark for fortress. And I was like, well, that's a good word. I, I get the sense of that, but I don't really know what a bulwark is. It's not like a word that we use all the time. And uh, it literally means a defensive wall. So, um, you know, we don't have walled cities anymore. Uh, we probably will now. But uh, <laughs> you know, with little, like, misters that spray, like, disinfectant every ten feet. <laughs> Hand sanitizer stations at every... Yeah, exactly. Um, that's great because I, I I usually end up shaking hands with about four people a day, uh, at least at least once or twice. I, I don't like to touch people in general, and so I just kind of have to bite the bullet and do it. But uh, I had this one lady that uh, she's like, I, I saw in the news you're not supposed to shake people's hands, but I haven't been to China, and I was like, Yeah, me neither. Shook her hand. <laughs> Uh, and then this other guy this week, he came out and I started to reach out my hand to shake his hand and he just stuck his hands in his pockets and he's like, I'm not going to shake your hand. Like the whole virus thing. I was like, yeah, that's fine. He's like, yeah, more, yeah. Less touching people for me. Great. So, it's like I have my little bubble here and you just stay out of it. So, um, yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm so reluctant to touch people, but I am. I, I, that's why I like the fist bump so much. It's like some, It feels like it's just like your knuckles, you know. It feels far less intrusive than like touching someone's palm, you know. I don't know. I'm weird, I know. Okay. Some of you are thinking, okay, uh, nothing he says is of is near as much value now. Uh, <laughs> so. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, so is God your defensive wall then? Is, is he the thing that protects you from whatever might come at you? Is, is he the reason you could uh, you can open your windows at night and sleep with the front door unlocked because you're inside a walled city? Yeah, yeah, he is, and and he and he is that rock that we may continually resort to. And I like the word resort, not like a. Like a, a fancy place in the Caribbean where you'd go on vacation, but like, like, like this is my last resort. It's like I have nowhere else to go now. And, um, uh, and I like this idea of you know this being a prayer of an old man because it's like as you get older and get more wisdom, it's like you know I don't I think rather than make uh, this habitation in God my last resort, I think I'll make it my first resort. Like, I, how about we just go there in the first place? Uh, because, you know, 
some in chariots and some of horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. It's like you can you can try all kinds of stuff, throw all kinds of uh, of contrivances of the flesh and of the carnal mind uh, at your problems, but but honestly, throwing God at your problems is way better. Or uh, or, or throwing them at God, as it were, it's like uh, it's like playing uh, like like practicing uh, baseball with snowballs. It's like every time you hit them, they just explode, and, and that's you know, because God really does. He, he leaves our problems there sometimes, so that we are forced to trust Him and forced to to rely on Him. I was telling my kids yesterday about where pearls come from. Constant irritation. You know, and, and those clams are so much like we are. It's like this soft little thing that has its own comfortable little thing surrounded by comfort. And, and then this pebble gets in there. And it's like, this is not the, the level of comfort and blessing I am accustomed to. It's like, it's like this, is, this is uncomfortable. We need to do something about this. And, uh, and so it wraps it and, and just... Uh, continually coats it in this stuff that makes it tolerable, and and the presence of God does that in our life, and uh, and and takes those things that are uh, that are troublesome to us, and and turns them into something valuable in our life, and and we learn from it. So, in verse four, he says, "Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked." out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. And I like that, again, with this idea of of this being an old guy talking. That he's been my trust from my youth. Like I, I once was young and now I'm old, yet never have I seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And if you've ever read the footnotes in this particular Bible, you know that that guy that was the editor of this was a complete idiot. Because he's like, he says, uh, um, uh, he's like, just because he, 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 the psalmist is just quoting his own personal experience. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. If you make you know, really foolish mistakes, God won't intervene to save you. I'm like, who is this guy? It's like, you know, I, I hope you're listening, Spiros, because you're an idiot. So... Um, but, you know, honestly, it's like, it's like Ron says, it's like the study materials in here are from heaven, the footnotes are from hell. So, the Bible could be a little skinnier if you would have just gotten rid of all those. But it's like, keep, keep your commentary to yourself, buddy. Um, anyway, thou art my hope, O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. And, and so God works with us just like that. You, you start out young, God just works with you, and you know. And maybe maybe you didn't start out so young, but you start out young in the things of the Lord and new at the at the things of the Spirit of God. And, and he and he works with you at that level, and and he trains you um, a bit at a time. And he knows he knows when you've had enough. And he knows when you can handle a little more. And he knows how to push you. You know, that's the funny thing about, uh, like, exercising, for example. If you don't ever push yourself past the point where you feel like you might die, then you're not really ever going to get anywhere. 
you're not going to progress. You're just going to hang out at that level. And um, so that's why you you keep running until you're stepping on your tongue and um, and, and uh, before you give up. But God knows how to, to work with us and, and bring us into um, more places of trusting him. Uh, By thee have I been holden up from the womb. For thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. I thought that verse was very arresting. I am as a wonder unto many. And uh, this is the same word that that, uh, that they used for the plagues in Egypt. All of God's wonders. When he told Moses, I'm going to smite Egypt with all of my wonders. And so this word literally means a sign or a miracle. And so I could think of few words better to describe what God does in our life than a miracle. Because... All of us sitting in this room are a miracle because you could have never found this place. And you could have found something that seemed like God but was not. Uh, I grew up like 30 miles from here and I didn't even know this little town was here until the first time somebody brought me here. I literally did not know it was here. And, uh, uh, and, You've probably told people that you go to a church with no sign outside and they probably look kind of funny at you. And uh, they want to know, what is it called? You know, it's like, does it have like a cool name like, like they all do now? Like, you know, the, the Forge, The Refuge, Connect, Get Revved Up. You know, all that weird stuff. It's like, because if you have a business, you, you need a cool name to get people to... You know, all the folks in their skinny jeans to want to show up on Sunday morning uh, with their Starbucks so that they can come and, you know, and, and listen to the, the preacher who doesn't know how to tie a tie tell jokes. So, um, okay, so I'm feeling a little crabby this morning. My bad. But, um, I only know one way to tie a tie, so I know there's a bunch. Um, anyway. But he said, "I'm as a wonder unto many." So we are, we are that uh, a miracle that that God has done, and and we don't, I, and I, I don't want to throw that word around lightly. But what else could you use to describe? You know, think back to your life before you met God, and then what He's done in your life, and and how you know that that from that time that you met God until now, it's like. How else would you describe all of that as but a miracle? Like he, I'm so glad he found me. You know, but I, I like how the idea of this of I'm as a sign to many, because the world can see you, and and the world, you know, that when especially when people know, like people that know you and they know you're a believer, they whether they are really thinking about it in an articulated, purposeful way or not, they're watching you. And, and, and they're paying attention to, to the things that you say and the decisions that you make. Um, and, uh, but I like how in, he, he follows up this statement of being assigned to many. He says, but thou art my strong refuge. And this word refuge means shelter. I like that. I mean, they both have the same idea to them. 
You know, uh, a, a refugee obviously is somebody who um, is fleeing from something that would destroy them, and they're looking for refuge, um, looking for shelter, looking for asylum, looking for protection. And so, um, God is that for us. It's like you know, the, a large portion of the world thinks that if they could just come to the United States, then everything would be awesome, and that that they would be um, that they would be blessed. And, and it's probably true, versus a lot of places. But um, you know, uh, I watched that movie A Good Lie a while back about these, it's a true story about these kids that came from the Sudan and uh, uh, after the Civil War and there, and they lived in this refugee camp. They walked like a couple thousand miles to Kenya and then they lived for years in this refugee camp until they were adults and then they actually came to Kansas City, which was kind of cool. And uh, um, uh, so it's, it's a really good movie, but they're like, there's all these people in this refugee camp that are just... Uh, they're on a waiting list to come to the United States. You know, it's because they're looking for asylum there and, and, a, and an opportunity. And so we have that in God. He is that refuge. And, uh, and, and so people see that in us. You know, and because people will ask, like, how can you deal with all the stuff that you're dealing with? How could you, how can you feel peaceful? Um, with X, Y, and Z going on in your life and, and X, Y, and Z going on in the nation uh, and all that stuff. How could you possibly feel okay with all that? It's like, well, because God is my strong refuge. He, he's my shelter. He's my defense. And uh, uh, I, I, I just, I'm looking to Him. It says, let my mouth be filled with thy praise and thy honor all the day as well it should be. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength fails. For mine enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God has forsaken him. Persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. And let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. So, we don't always have like physical enemies, per se. People like this that are just watching and waiting for you to, to make a mistake. Um, I don't know, when I, but when I read this, I can think of some people off the top of my head that I've dealt with. Um, that uh, um, that I, I I could I felt like that's exactly what they they did was they lied they lay in wait just waiting for the moment we we had this when we were at our old office there was a guy across the hall um, that he seemed like he was a uh, kind of a friend sort of you know, he was friendly he he like actually paid attention to the things that you said. And he could he would ask you questions about stuff you told him about like a couple of months ago. And he's like, "Hey, how's that going?" And uh, uh, when he we ended up in a business deal with him of uh, you know over a project or whatever. And when he found an opportunity to take advantage of us, boy, did he ever! And uh, and it was it was it was stuff that was like 
so outlandish that it wasn't by then though we just had it was like I'm not going to fight with you about this just whatever and uh, I mean so sometimes you may have actually people that you know would love to do something negative against you um, but we all have an adversary of the soul that waits for those moments where you feel old and weak and, and tired and and that's of course when he, he wants to pounce on you um, because we all have those times where we feel great and we feel strong and refreshed and, and uh, you know, we're, our faith is in that mountaintop place. And, and then we have times where we just feel like, like that picture I sent out of me on Sunday afternoon where we just feel like old and shriveled like a pink raisin. And, um, uh, and, and that's typically the time that the enemy wants to come after you the most. And so he says, God, be not far from me. Make haste for my help. Uh, verse 14, he says, but I will hope continually. And I will yet praise thee more and more. And I like, I like hope. That's a good word. Uh, you could also say, I will wait continually. I will expect continually. So, uh, and that's the great thing about hope. Hope is like waiting with expectation. You know, hope to us in modern English is a very wishy-washy sort of word. It's like, well, I, I I hope this thing is going to work. And when we say that, we mean I'm completely and utterly uncertain that this is going to work, but I hope so. Um, that's not what it means to hope continually. Like he's talking about here, it's like I'm going to wait with expectation that God is going to come through for me doesn't matter how today looks. doesn't matter how today feels because the enemy loves to play that bait and switch with you where like it seems like everything is starting to finally go your way and and then and then like this another um, fresh wave as it were will will come at you and 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 God lets us go through those things because it gives us an opportunity to trust him it gives us an opportunity to rest and to uh, and to just like Job, you'd think Job had had enough after the first thing that happened to him. And and yet those things keep coming. And you've all had days like that. You've all been through experiences that lasted a long time where it was like, and okay, now that too. Okay, now that too. Okay. And after a while, um, if you're anything like me, it almost becomes funny. It's like, okay, yeah, sure, why wouldn't that happen now? Okay. <laughs> Like I, I, I can't think of any good reason why that shouldn't have fallen apart right this very moment. Um, you know, and sometimes we just—it's my mirror. Sometimes we just take life too seriously, and and we just just need to relax and and just let God do what God does in our life. Because, and that's the great thing about Him saying that I will get praised Thee more and more. It's like I'm going to wait on You, and I'm going to put my focus back on You and not on all of my stuff. And all of my problems that are are weighing down on me. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. So, I like that. Like I, I don't even know the number of all of your your uh, your righteousness, your acts, and your salvation. All the things that you've done for me, I couldn't even number it. And uh, so it's like this is a guy that's 
um, he's got he's got some miles on him, and he's talking about all the stuff that God has done for him. And he's like, "There's more than I could even number, more than I could tell you." And uh, sometimes uh, I know when I go to think specifically about something that God has done for me, I kind of get this paralysis of choice. It's like, well, where do I begin? Like there were so many, it's, sometimes it's hard to pick out some specific thing that God has done. But uh, uh, but we we have those those things. Where it's like you know I I couldn't even tell the numbers of all of God's righteous acts and all the things that He's done for me. I will go in the strength of the Lord, and I will make mention of Thy righteousness, even of Thine only. Now that's somebody that has some life experience. I'll make mention of Thy righteousness and Thine only. Because, you know, David, when he was young, said that, you know, God has done all this great stuff for me because I'm righteous. Because, you know, it's like, man, David, how how do you explain all these awesome things in your life? Clean living, bro. It's like, no, not so much. So so God had to, you know, disabuse him of that idea that it was because he was such a great guy that that, that God had blessed him like he did. And uh, because God makes you feel like like you're perfect and unassailable, and and that you are like the shining example of Christianity, and and then he but he has to prove to you that it's him and not you. So, um, you know, and so the the older you get, then it's like I will go in the strength of the Lord God, and I'll make mention of Thy righteousness, even Thine only. O God, Thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared Thy wondrous works. Now, also, when I am old and gray-headed, you don't have to be old to be gray-headed, just letting you know that. Um, Now, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have showed Thy strength to this generation, and Thy power to everyone that is to come. You know, that's the cool thing about talking to somebody that's that's a lot older than you is they have all this experience. It's like, you know, they, they might, you know, have to put their reading glasses on and like kind of do this over their phone for a while trying to figure out what they want to do, but they know a lot of stuff that's way more valuable than how to attach something to an email. And, um, you know, every, sometimes I get people kind of like, uh, it's like, yeah, you can just, you know, you can send that paper back to me as a PDF. And they're like, what? How do you do that? Like, okay, well, no problem. We could also do this, you know. And uh, uh, so, uh, but the the thing is, is that you know, life experience, especially a life lived with God, gives you all kinds of wisdom that that folks that are younger would be wise to take advantage of, and and to to pick up on. It's like because uh, we have a tendency to course, you know, spend most of our time with folks that are roughly our same age. And and that's that's natural. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, I think there is a lot of value in uh, building relationships with people that are older than you, that have more experience and more wisdom than you, than you do. Uh, because chances are, uh, if you have a problem, they've probably already encountered it. And they could kind of point you in the right direction, kind of like what I, what I mentioned earlier about being uh, 
uh, being a young married guy and like having adult problems to deal with all of a sudden. And guess who I asked? How do you do this? How, how do you go about doing this? I asked my folks because they had been there before. And darn if they didn't know. Darn if they didn't have good answers that actually worked. And I was shocked. And the older I got, the more I realized how little I really had known. Because, you know, when you're, when you're 18, 19 years old, man, it's like, you know, everything in the world belongs to me. You know, and it's like, I, I got married when I was 19, and I thought, man, I know what I'm doing. I've got this all together. And, man, it's like, I know what I'm doing. I'm grown. And it's like, no, not. <laughs> not even a little bit. You're old enough to get married legally. That's about it. Not grown by any stretch of the imagination. So now when I'm old and gray-headed, oh God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. And so we do that with the folks that we know that are younger. We do that with folks that aren't younger than us. And we do that with our children. And we talk about the things. You know, Moses told the children of Israel to discuss this stuff. Talk about the word while you're, uh, when you sit in your house, while you're in the way, and all that stuff. It's like talk about this stuff. So we we do that every Saturday at my house. It's a lot easier since we live in the boonies to uh, uh, just have Bible study with the kids at home than it is to to drive clear up here on Saturday. So that's what we do. And uh, um, but it's great because it's been since it's just me and Cynthia and the kids, they have all these questions and comments and stuff that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. And and then I can, like, jump in there on that and be like, well, here's the thing about that. And, uh, um, and here's why that's important. And here's how the Word of God applies to that. And they're like, okay. I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> it's like, yes, well, too bad. I'm really cutting into your donut time here. Hang on, let me wrap this up. Uh, Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high, who hast done great things. O God, who is like unto thee? Thou which hast showed me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. So we go through tough stuff and we think about, it's like, wow, God, you have showed me some great and sore troubles before. It's like I've, I've been through some tough stuff before and you didn't let me down then. You know, I, I went through some tough stuff and you came through for me when it seemed that there was no answer. So I know you're going to do that again. You will quicken me again and bring me up from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. So now we're back to that clam without the sand in his clamshell. It's like, huh, that's better. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even thy truth, O oh my God. Unto thee will I sing with the harp, thou holy one of Israel. And I like how he puts that in there, even thy truth. Because everything that he's been talking about here really is the truth about God. That he really is uh, for you. That he really will bring you through stuff. That he really is that, that shelter and that habitation and that defensive wall uh, against everything that would seek to destroy you. 
my lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul which thou hast redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded and brought to shame that seek my hurt. So sometimes it feels like things that go against you are going to defeat you or consume you, but they can't. And uh, because God is that shelter and that, that defense. So, Jesus, we just we thank you for all that you have done. God, we thank you for being that very shelter in our life and for being that, that strong habitation that we could continually hide in. And God, uh, we just want to be those people who consciously decide to, to dwell in the secret place of the Most High under the shadow of your wings and under the shadow of the Almighty. God, because you are our refuge and you are that, that defense, God, and you have um, done all things well in our life. Every Everything that we needed, God, to grow. And uh, God, we, we need resistance to come against us to grow. God, and to, uh, to trust you more and to believe you more. God, we, we have to have those things stressed and stretched and, and, and strained in order to to have you prove to us that, that you'll come through for us, God. God, and so we all go through things that feel like they're not changing and and and, uh, and we feel this despair of I don't know what I'm supposed to do, God, and yet you come through for us and you prove to us again and again and again. You remind us that, hey, I, I, did, I haven't let you down yet and, and I don't intend to start now. God, we just we thank you for that. And we just ask you today, God, to uh, just plant this thing inside of us, God, and remind us that you are that refuge and that you are that shelter. God, we just praise you. God, meet every need in this place today. God, everything that we have come looking for today, God, you're the answer for it. And God, we just ask that you would do these things. In your name we pray.